0: Cross Engage Podcast Welcome to Cross Engage Podcast. My name is Michael, and this time I'm happy to welcome Mark Alea in our office. Perhaps you haven't heard this name before, but you have definitely heard of Glossybox. Until recently, he was managing director at the Beauty Box provider. And now he switched to StyleBob, Germany's largest online shop for luxury fashion. And I want to learn from him how to make subscription customers and discerning luxury customers happy. Hi, Mark. Welcome to our podcast. It's really great to have you with us. Um, You have been now managing director at Glossybox for a long time and just switched to StyleBob. How much uh, is your work actually connected to CRM? Uh,
1: first of all, thank you for the invitation. Uh, it's, uh, I'm quite proud to be one of the first guests here, uh, especially because um, I think especially the software or the solution you you are offering is kind of really connected to the work I, I have done in the several years. Um, at the moment, uh, at StyleBob, CRM is still a, it's perhaps the biggest topic. Uh, but we definitely need to start small. means at the moment, uh, Stylebook has still only a normal desktop newsletter and not a mobile version. And especially in customer experience, we are kind of far away from what normally is expected from an um, e-commerce luxury company. But we are getting there, so step by step we are moving forward. And I think in 6 to, to 12 months, you definitely see a big difference um, but, yeah, it's a long way to go, definitely. Thinking back to
0: the times at, at Glossybox, um, when you think of the marketing mix, um, how was this, uh, the ratio between the acquisition part and the customer loyalty part? How was this
1: balanced? Yeah, it's, it's funny. Glossybox, at the end, and perhaps some of the listeners don't know Glossybox, it's a beauty subscription model. Um, so it's a product you normally don't need to have. It's uh, nothing you are demanding for, um, So what we always needed to create is kind of an experience for existing customers. So uh, they are going outside into the world and tell how great our product is, because uh, that was perhaps the biggest new uh, acquisition channel, uh, our existing customers. So if we're looking into budgets and work, I think 60 to 70% of our budget go in existing customers. Um, and 80 to 90% of our work uh, uh, went into, into our existing customers, um, especially because AdWords didn't work out for us at all. So if you're looking into the marketing mix, uh, the branding channels, social media influencer relations and CRM was more or less the base of our uh, product and of our
0: company. You earlier mentioned the the subscription part. Um, what was the most successful strategy here to keep customers actually loyal, so that they're happy from every
1: box they get? So, so first of all, I think what's kind of great uh, in a subscription model because you can um, have a, you have a normal rhythm. So each month is kind of, uh, more or less um, always the same in terms of. When do you send out which uh, email? When do you have a contact with the customer in terms of when is the box arriving? When do you do your charge one to get the money from the customer? So you normally um, can definitely uh, test a lot, do a lot of A-B testings, and at the end you're creating something completely different to a normal e-commerce player would do. So one short example when I've started was so that we've lost more than 25% um, of all new customers during the first three months, uh, which is kind of high because uh, the new acquisition, uh, acquisitions cost us more money uh, because AdWords didn't work out, so branding is a little bit more expensive uh, with TV advertising and so on. So um, we needed to create a clear strategy how we uh, get this number down because as soon as you are over the fourth month, you have a kind of really loyal customer who is not, not uh, signing off so fast. So uh, back then, um, it was so that we had um, kind of customer came on, our, a user came on our, our website, uh, they uh, purchased the product, they filled out the beauty profile, and then their expectation was in the first box, okay, I filled out my beauty profile, so I definitely need to get products. Uh, and for all men, beauty profile means hair color, skin tone, and so on. So these kind of things. Um, so based on my beauty profile. And when the first box is arriving and it's not completely targeted on their beauty profile, they were already disappointing, disappointed. So, And that was kind of the first re- uh, uh, possibility for them to cancel, and a lot of customers have done that. So uh, what we've created is more or less an emotional road for the first three months, means... We took them out of all normal emails uh, we have sent out we took them out of all normal send outs in terms of boxes uh, we sent out we have created a kind of new customer box um, that means um, that uh, this was a specific um, box all new customers got um, and we tried to deliver that as fast as possible as well and get them into the into into our world so from a customer point of view um, you subscribe for the box. You got the first email about welcome to our world. We explained a little bit about the people behind because relationships are not built with companies. They are built with people. Um, second step, after 10 days, they get the the, uh, the second email in terms of uh, where we explained a little bit more about our model. And normally, during that time, they got already the first box. And this was kind of uh, really generic. So all products normally completely fit to the to uh, a beauty profile or to the, to the person itself um, only problem if you are from skin uh, white or black that was kind of a little bit special because then makeup didn't work out sometimes but normally in Euro- Europe you target only for white people in uh, US it's really different because you have a higher diversity um, so um, the first box was kind of generic um, the second month, month started, so um, they got an email about uh, what is the current topic for the for the second box? Uh, what are the highlight products uh, and then they got the box and what 's kind of interesting, normally we try to have a product which doesn 't fit to the customers means we had blonde shampoo or um, some kind of makeup which is kind of really hard to target normally because it 's so dark or so um, uh, so dark and um, as you already expect, the customers would complain. But as soon as we knew that the box was arriving, we sent out already the first newsletter about uh, um, was there a product which didn't fit to your profile, to your, to your, um, mm. to your kind of which makeup you're using normally. Um, here is a beauty profile. Please fill in, and we try. Our, uh, we will try in the future to... Um, to your target, always uh, products which fit to you, but there are sometimes uh, seasonality and trends which are normally not um, are able to target, especially like uh, white nail polish and so on. Uh, and yes, based on these kind of emotional roadmap we've created with with Glossybox, um, we we've seen a tremendous uh, um, a really. Great impact in terms of um, the churn rate within the three first three months, so from twenty five percent we went down to seventeen um, and at the end these kind of eight percent you see that especially long term much bigger the impact was so when i 've started we had a customer lifetime value out of seven months and when i've uh, when i 've left uh, it was fourteen months um, wow. before acquisition you mm-hmm. need always to tell because now we are on a different system and it's kind of um, uh, the hard group is uh, kind of really great in terms of e commerce but they don't understand the subscription model uh, quite good uh, but they are yeah um, evolving and they are getting there um, but with a new system it's kind of an e commerce system and it's not working for subscriptions only a short example what everybody can change quite fast mm-hmm. um, and um, i only uh, I, I always said to that in different um, talks, please change your uh, success page. Uh, at the first page, you're, you you want to buy something, you're kind of um, happy to, to get the product and the first thing you see after your purchase is thank you for your transaction or thank you for your buying or thank you for your order and this is the first email you get normally. That has nothing to do with um, with experience. It's kind of it would be like you're going to a restaurant and uh, the waiter would say thank you for a trust. You, oh, you would already think it's a kind of shady because he's saying that thank you for trust mm-hmm. so uh, please build already at the first step a good relationship with the customer and uh, especially with subscription models uh, when a customer is trying to to cancel make it as easy as possible but do it personal uh, what i've learned and that was back in the early days of daily deal when i was there Uh, back then Groupon was still only on the US market, not in the German, they had an incredible cancellation flow for emails. So when you try to unsubscribe, you saw the CRM guy uh, in a GIF or in a short video, Uh, and it was kind of funny, and you said, okay, look, it's so funny, I want still to stay for, for a couple of days longer because it was such a great video, so you can definitely do some content there as well. And what we've seen with, with the cancellation flow, we have cre- created a video with our person who's uh, responsible for the box composition. As you already he- uh, hear, I wasn't because I'm a man. I really don't get how the box composition is perfectly for women. So we had a we had a great uh, employee Denise, and she created this kind of thank you for a time with glossy box. Uh, we hope you had the same fun with with the box uh, uh, as we have. Um, if you have any feedback for us, please send me a direct email. Um, we hope at some point you will come back, uh, mm. but if not, it's fine. as well. It's some kind of to thank the customer for their loyalty. And after 14 months and after having 14 boxes, and I saw that in my in my flat as well, you have too many. You have definitely too many products and too many boxes because you don't throw them away. Mm. So it's kind of understandable. And with that point. Many of the customers um, thought, oh, there is Denise, she's for the box composition. I sent her a short email, but I won't cancel because I want to ge- g- give her a feedback. So, about so that's ho-
0: something really personal that you build up and people feel that, yeah. believe that, I guess?
1: Uh, 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 yeah, definitely. I think most of the uh, customers still believe that we are packing our boxes in our office. They think we are a small, tiny, uh, lovely uh, company and especially lovely still fits completely because I've never seen the employees are so behind a a product. But on the other side, we are one of the biggest subscription models in Germany, means with more than 100,000 subscribers um, and paid subscribers, not uh, sent out uh, at the airport for free. Mm. Um, So we are kind of, from content and a sampling uh, point of view, we, we were one of the biggest cosmetic companies in Germany because... Let me let me um, count, I think more than six to seven million products were normally sent out each year to the customers, and even hmm. Douglas is not do, doing too much more in an online part of you. So uh, we were kind of big, but the customers always expect there are people behind. they show the people behind. Um, they are trying always to to help me. It's kind of this relationship is the key to succeed not only for the customers, but for your employees as well, because they need to be proud uh, of your product. If they are not, they will never can give this kind of happiness and this engagement to Mm. to the customers as well. Um, Coming to to StyleBob and uh, what I've seen the first two weeks, and I think it's always interesting coming from an outside perspective into the company, um, my normal question to all employees is, have you already ordered a product in your store. And it's kind of funny that some of the employees say no. And the others say yes, I've ordered. And I said, oh, you, you went through the whole funnel. And they say, no, no, I've sent our customer care agent a short email, and then I get a normal invoice and I can't pay so it.
0: They don't know the usual product, yeah. uh, process, and actually. Yeah.
1: So, And what I've learned with Google, when Daily Deal was bought by Google, we had Gmail, and back then I was an Outlook uh, evangelist, but then I I switched to Google, and it was kind of funny, because even if as a Google employee, you always see the ads in Google Mail. Why? Because if you are an employee, you need to understand how the experience is for the customer as well. So if you don't do that, you will never try to be better than or get better. And at StyleBob, I think, that are the the first... um, the first difference, so we will definitely change these kind of things For our
0: listeners, just a short uh, notice about
1: what StyleBob is actually Uh-oh. doing, perhaps. So, so it's, it's funny because StyleBob is on the market since 14 years. It was one of the first um, luxury online stores. I'm not sure if Netapporte is older, perhaps one year or something, but uh, StyleBob was more or less, uh, they invented in Germany luxury fashion um, for online. Mm-hmm. Not luxury fashion at all, but sure. <laughs> um, uh, they are on the market since fourteen years, and um, we sell from top brands like Valentino, um, Fendi, and so on. So different brands, um, and it's interesting because luxury fashion is kind of the the perfect model to create an incredible CRM, because you need to to have always that kind of experience for for a customer, because um, they need to decide, am I going into the city buying the stuff or do I shop online? So you need to create this kind of experience for customers from uh, purchasing until they, uh, they got the first box. Um, short uh, example, in Munich we are uh, trying to deliver within three hours, so we have there uh, the possibility to send that directly to mm-hmm. the customers uh, via more or less a yeah, um, a partner um, shipment provider who is offering that service, mm-hmm. but I think it's not about doing that fast. It's more about to create an experience which is better than in a normal store. Um, and I want to give you a short example. And I think mm-hmm. most of the uh, most of the luxury brands do the do similar. It's so at the moment uh, during the sale, you have a different package than. During, the, uh, if you are selling something in full price, means a customer who has um, uh, done less revenue. And to be honest, like socks for ninety euros are still kind of luxury for me as well. I would never pay ninety euros for socks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, Twenty is definitely more than luxury already. Um, but they got a different packaging than full price buyers. Uh, that means um, it's kind of similar to going to a restaurant and because you're ordering only a salad and the guy in, uh, in opposite of you is uh, buying a, a steak, he's getting a better server than you're getting. Um, and it's kind of interesting because normally you wouldn't, wouldn't do that. And what is your plan to do here now? Do you want to skip this different yeah. treatment? Or? So, so coming back to, to the initial point, what you need to create from the first touch point until the last um, you need to create um, a storyline and trying to have a more or less emotional roadmap uh, for each customer. And yes, um, to per- personalize personalize it, it's kind of hard as well. But first, do it as you are a customer. You normally would expect much more than thank you for your order or thank you for a trust or something. You want to do it. Mo- you want to have it more personal because, as I said, relationships are not built with companies; they are built with 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 people. Um, so. Please show more of your of your employees. Please think about um, your first touch point with, with uh, the customer. And one thing needs to be clear, and I think uh, from my point of view, most of the companies do a big mistake here. CRM is not about doing revenue. It's about holding the customers and keep them happy that they have the feeling that they are all, always treated with respect and how they expect to be treated. Short example, and I think most of of you, I hope, have uh, read the book uh, "Delivering Happiness" from the former Zappos founder. Um, that that kind of experience you need to create, even if a customer or a user is calling you and has has not the idea or expectation to buy something, but he has a question, try to to help the the customer. It's that kind of, um, yeah, this kind of. Spirit, you need to set in your company that customer is always you always need to think about how a customer could um, feel what, what you're sending out, the, each picture you're um, putting on the website, each email you're sending out, and so on. Yes, sometimes you need to drive revenue as well. I completely understand that uh, part. Mm. but um, do it much cleverer or more clever than only doing a sale of 50 percent discount. Um, because selling cheaper, everybody can do. Selling for um, a price which is, um, which is fine and uh, which shows the value of the product itself as well, uh, that's more like the, the high class of CRM from my point of view. Um, and most of the companies don't do it quite good. Do you have an idea why they are not really good at uh, selling
0: the personal experience with the company through those technical channels that you that are available
1: online? It's kind of funny. Please uh, ask your company how many performance advertisers, or how the marketing team is built. And normally you have, f- or at Stylebook we have seven, eight people in performance marketing, and one or two, p- or, and one person plus an intern for CRM. So. You already seen in kind of how you um, how you hire your team that normally you're putting everything in performance marketing and not in CRM or and not in yeah having a good relationship with your customer, mm-hmm. so you definitely need to change the thing uh, the thinking about how you put your money into the marketing channels um, and how you hire the people you, you have and I think that's more of like the key because everybody thinks growing is based on new customers. But the opposite is, is right. Uh, growing is based on to have good existing customers because they do normally a big share of your revenue. And additional, if they have a good experience, they normally have a big worth of, or recommendation mm-hmm. channel, which is yeah much bigger than, than anything else. Do you
0: see this as your most important task now at Stylebob to change somehow this culture of just getting new clients to keeping the ones that you already have really happy? Yeah,
1: definitely. I think that's more or less for for everybody who is running a company the most important, important things. Yes, we are still looking into this kind of customer lifetime value and so on. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you only would look into the revenue your existing customers are doing, I think uh, you are again at that point that you're doing something wrong because you only think about revenue. What you need to introduce or what I really believe is to have some kind of KPIs which show you how your existing customer is currently in a relationship with you. Um, it's, it's different from company to company, so I can't tell you uh, do these five KPIs and then track them on a regular base. Um, but yeah, it's kind of important to have this kind of cheesy KPIs which are not so easy to, to explain but like in, in Glossybox we have created uh, uh, in terms of uh, box quality um, and based on the ratings of the box quality we already knew how much churn we get um, and then you're starting uh, to have um, a target group of 1000 people who get the box which is sent out in 3 months in advance to get a kind of rating to know how your churn rate is in, and then you can develop your product as well so I, I, I believe really create this kind of KPI benchmark uh, NPS helping you a little bit, but NPS couldn't be it alone. It needs to be this kind of um, uh, the last contact with the, uh, with, the, with the company and how it was received by the, by the customers. Um, do you have the, real, the, the right channels to, uh, to communicate with, with the customer? Because what, what I've already seen in StyleBob, you have uh, phone and email, which is kind of fine, but that's not um, the current world. Um, the last time I called for a service point was, I think, because I couldn't log in in my Amazon account. Mm-hmm. It was, I think, a couple of years ago. So I think you definitely need to need to think how you are communicating with the customer as well. Yeah. You already said
0: that. Uh, yeah, just looking at the the numbers sometimes isn't enough. But how do you actually? how are you able to measure how whether someone is happy with your product whether he has a really emotional experience with your with your product with your company or whether he has not because do you ask them or how do you, do you actually measure this this process
1: so there there the are two points first of all ask people it's kind of uh, ask them in, on a regular basis and it's that kind of only two three questions not a big survey with 20 pages—that makes no sense. But ask them two, three questions. That's kind of easy, and everybody can do that. Um, so, and normally customers are really happy to to answering you them. So, what I've what I'm currently doing, and what I've done already, is the top 100 clients. I try to call them directly. So first, I'm asking if I'm mm. allowed to call them, but it's kind of interesting what the feedback of them is. So you don't just send them an online survey, you're really getting in touch? And... I'm really getting in touch, and already then you have a feeling about the person behind, because they have um, different, yeah, uh, different points why they are buying at StyleBob or former at GlossyBox. It was kind of interesting, my my, call at, my first call at GlossyBox, I called a 54-year-old uh, woman, and normally you would say, and um, perhaps because I'm a little bit younger, I have thought, okay, what, what she will tell me about the product itself. And she said, look, your product is great, but your website, the usability is shit. And it's kind of this moment when, I, when you see, okay, you have thought something completely different. Yeah. And if a 45, uh, 54-year-old woman is telling you that your usability is shit, you definitely need to rethink how your website is. Um, so ask your top clients about why they are buying with, with you. What is your USP? Because sometimes... Even you as a company don't know what is the difference between you and the competition, but your clients know that because they are buying um, at you. So definitely ask your clients. So Mm -hmm. you definitely should have um, two or three questions on a regular base for for your clients and build this kind of target groups where you think you can definitely learn most of it. Part one, part two. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, that's more interesting because uh, most of the current world already has an Instagram account or a Facebook account. Um, th- if they are really happy with how they are getting products, um, they will share that. Um, think about what they are sharing, read everything and answering them always. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a problem. And sometimes it's more clever to to get a f- negative feedback from them because then you can change something and say thank you for your for your feedback. Uh, Next time, please give it directly to us. Then we can change it directly. But but you have seen, thank you for that. For the future, we will change that. So at GlossyBox, we've created this kind of monitoring. Uh, It's not a tool, but uh, this kind of monitoring strategy and try to answering each single posting of a customer. And as I said back then, they already see a connection between between the company and themselves because you're answering, you're liking their their pictures, they are happy happy with that as well um, and even if they are negative to to convince them that you've done something wrong and you will change that it's to convince um, a bad customer experience to that we're doing it better in the future it's mm-hmm. kind of you get the most loyal customer because if you can change the mindset of a customer from bad to good it's Perhaps the best thing you can you can do. So that's two parts, and mm-hmm. as I already said, bad to good. Um, ask you the questions who drop out of your business. Ask them why they drop out. What have you done wrong? Um, and it's not about to to get them them back into the business, but to understanding why you have done something wrong and what can you change. Um, and now, some people would say, oh, that's a great idea. I will th- then send them directly an email. We have changed. Now we can order again. Don't do that. Um, if you're uh, doing it, then uh, rather go for um, thank you for your feedback. We have changed it based on your feedback. We have. We, we hope you have a great time. Um, and if you want to share anything with us as, as well, please mm. do it. Uh, because as a customer, I have sometimes the feeling that everybody is saying, we are only doing CRM because we want more revenue. And mm-hmm. this kind of feeling, you, if you're creating that, you will lose your customer long term.
0: Yeah, so I see that uh, personal relationships and uh, seem to be really important for you, uh, for, the, for the e-commerce business. Um, since we are a marketing tech company across engage uh, how would you say can technology which has nothing to do with emotions uh, can help you to achieve the goal of really building up one-to-one and personal communications where customers feel yeah really like treated like
1: humans and not just like email recipients or something like that i think you've already answered your own question a little bit um in terms of you can personalize everything uh, for each customer base, so for each target group. And especially if you are good with data, you definitely have a different kind of flow for each single customer, for each single customer. And then you are getting better and better. So without this kind of tool, and let's be honest, if somebody's uh, telling me they're kind of good in big data and they are using that data for CRM, um, and I worked for, for different companies, Beside Facebook, Google, SAP, beside the really big ones, nobody's doing that uh, in a professional way. And with that kind of tool, um, you have the possibility to do it as, I would not say cheap, because that's not, but with a good value, um, you can create this kind of experience. Um, and before that was not possible. Hmm. So from my point of view about Cross Engage, um, it's the tool which you. If you can build it your own, that's fine, but I think 80 to 90% will never be able to build it on their own. Um, Then use it in terms of to have it from the first advertisement you're doing on, I don't know, display or AdWords or whatever you're doing to to get uh, the first click for for your product or for your company until uh, the purchase and afterwards to build a, a good CRM. And this kind of, if you're doing the first time I don't know, storyline is um, for your product Um, at Glossy Boxes was easy because Valentine's Day, Mm. you already (laughs) understood Valentine's Day is the trigger, so they have a relationship or they want to have a relationship. And then you can use that for the whole uh, experience. And it was kind of funny because sometimes customers then uh, came after, uh, I don't have a relationship anymore, I want to cancel my man uh, subscription for my former boyfriend. And what we've normally done then is to give, give them a three-month voucher code as well for their normal women box. Why? Because they are already in this kind of emotional sickness sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and to give them something for free is that moment when they say, oh, they really reacted based on what I've told them. So uh, coming back to, to, to the service or to the solution, mm-hmm. you need to have a possibility to act differently in how you're getting... Oh, how you get new customers through the acquisition channels and back then it wasn't possible to have a really good customer journey um, and a good CRM and now it's yeah I think for everybody possible and as I said I really don't get until now why some uh, companies are still um, separating performance to CRM um, and still communicate quite, uh, quite different between both because that's yeah, it's like you're going to a restaurant again, and mm. the, I think it's a good example that you have two waiters and they're completely doing th- something different. The one is rec- uh, the f- one has a recommendation for fish, and the second is telling you the fish is shitty today. So this is a, that kind of uh, example. So mm-hmm. please put everything together and uh, um, yeah, increase your budgets for CRM definitely. <laughs> yeah I see the, the you really uh, want people to be taking
0: care of the first step of customer lifecycle to the really last one, so that everything comes out of one perspective
1: yeah because if not it's a price it's only the pricing which is the difference between
0: you and the competition um, and most of the times, I guess especially for luxury uh, buyers, this is not enough uh,
1: not only for them, I think for for all companies it's not you see mm. uh, big Examples in, in the normal supermarket industry as well, like Schlecker. Mm-hmm. Um, if only the price point is uh, the uh, the difference point, you will lose at the end the customers as, lo- uh, as soon as somebody's there who's a little bit younger, fresher, and better. And what we've seen in the, the luxury uh, fashion industry as well, matches fashion is getting bigger and bigger and that up hit Portier has some issues there as well. Why? Because they uh, think more out of for the customers. So, um, I really believe um, that uh, a customer-centric focus in your everything you're doing uh, will help you to take just longer than any other company. And if you're looking into the big companies in, in Germany or in the world, um, they have always this kind of customer-centric view. Amazon is, I think, one of the best examples. It's not about pricing, because they built in Germany one of their biggest markets without having a price point advantage because books haven't it was only the service was better than in any Mm. normal bookstore you you could have so price shouldn't be the difference between you and the competition if it is that you definitely should rethink about how you're doing marketing and how you're doing um, this kind of experience and the perfect example I think everybody of of you have a mobile contract uh, for your mobile phone Mm -hmm. There is no loyalty, why? because the service is shitty at all places, uh, and you always have the feeling that they treat new customers better than existing customers yeah true so if they would spend their money on holding the existing customers, you would definitely see a big change uh, and a bigger market share uh, and it's funny because t-Mobile is doing that quite different in the u s they uh, there they have a more customer centric view and they are g- growing like hell and have more and more market, market share um, so if you're changing that you will definitely see the impact perhaps not in one or two months and yes it, it will take some time mm-hmm. but long term you will be in a better position than anybody else You just mentioned books at Amazon
0: and I know you are also writing your own book because I guess you really care about social CRM What's in, or what will be in this book that you didn't tell us yet? Um, a lot of stuff.
1: Um, <laughs> no, I, th- I, I think uh, well, uh, CRM is that kind of everybody's talking about CRM, but nobody's doing it quite pop- properly. In B2B it's different. You see a lot of companies who are doing CRM and B2B really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but in B2C it's kind of still not used quite pro- probably. So what I want to show, especially for starters in CRM, how you start normally by one uh, one solution fits all mm-hmm. to getting a little bit more based on target groups and then uh, at the last point to personalize it and then to roll it out through all uh, different touch points. Um, and it's kind of this development all the companies are doing and I think between the step um, to have target groups to personalize, most of the companies struggle because they don't have a good strategy about how to do that. Um, and that's why this will be one of the biggest Biggest parts, but it will mm-hmm. be, or it, it has already, and that's already finished a short novel about how you are treated uh, as a customer at two to three, or, or it's two at the moment, specific companies. Uh, and I'm their customer for quite a long time, and how they treat me the whole time. And there is a good and a bad example. Uh, and I think it's kind of interesting to see how. Uh, how much difference it makes to have at the end a person um, behind
0: we're definitely looking forward to this uh, you just mentioned some, some some good and bad examples, our final question in the podcast is always uh, yeah, whether you experienced something privately as a customer uh, that was really great or really bad
1: do you have an example here? yeah definitely uh, <laughs> yeah. and especially the great point was for me and I was not even a customer And that kind of difference in in Germany and US. I was in New York, um, and I was, I think, 2021. I was in a watch store, Omega, Mm -hmm. uh, and I always wanted to try, or always wanted to buy this kind of watch. Um, And I was in there, and um, uh, one of the the service um, employees uh, then talked with me, and we had a conversation about two hours. He showed me all watches. And at a certain point, I've asked him, look, you already see perhaps I'm not able to buy the watch, but why are you treating me like this? And he said, look, it's kind of easy. First of all, I have time. Uh, If I wouldn't talk with you, I would stand here and have nothing to do the whole time. Second, it's only because you have now not the money at a certain point, perhaps you have the money and then you will remember. And as you already hear, I remember this kind of example quite good no. because it's since 10 years one of my best examples for treating people right. And and third, the thing is, um, and Omega is about, it's a product which is too expensive and to be honest, watches in, in the current time is... I even don't use my watch for looking at the time. I still look on my uh, mobile phone. So it's that kind of luxury uh, product which you d- d- really don't need at the moment, mm-hmm. um, but that kind of mindset you have. So um, I think that's the customer service and this CRM M, M example at the end, how you build a relationship with a person. Um, bad example? Mm-hmm. Um, I was, um, after daily deal was bought to Google, I earned a little bit too much money, um, and I thought, okay, let's buy a car. And uh, back then I had a rental car from 6th for a couple of days, a BMW 3 uh, as a cabriolet, because it's really sunny in Germany. <laughs> most and of really, the time. Most of the time it's sunny, <laughs> and a cabriolet is the perfect choice always. Um, so I went to the BMW um, 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 Story here in Berlin, and it's one of the biggest. And I asked uh, the sales guy um, if he can show me around a little bit and so on. Mm-hmm. And he then um, said, "Yeah, back there there are the cars. H- have a look on them." So I went alone to the cars, checked everything, get back to to the sales guy, and then he said, "Okay, uh, today I'm already finished. Here are the three of the the product uh, or the." product pages, if you have any questions, feel free to c- contact me tomorrow, gave me the business card. Um, so the first thing I've done is to went out, throw everything away, and I will never be a customer for BMW anymore. Of course, this is a really bad experience, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and I think it it's such, and for sure you can have this experience with Mercedes-Benz and you can have, it's based on the person in front of you. And most of the companies think CRM is you only need to have a system as well, but you need to train your employees. They really need to understand in every part or point in their life, they need to understand that um, they. it's possible they are talking already to a customer. Mm-hmm. It was kind of funny. Uh, I was um, in a restaurant next to me. There were two, two, two girls, and they talked about Glossybox. So, and this definitely not often happened, um, but it was kind of interesting because you hear everything and then you talked already with the people. And sometimes it's that kind of every time you have the possibility to do a um, difference in terms of CRM uh, as an employee of each company. Um, and as you are want to be treated as a customer, you should treat your um, customers and your employees as well. So I guess today we've learned
0: if you take customer service really serious, you have to take every opportunity and treat every customer in the best way possible to give them a nice experience.
1: Definitely. And one, one last fact, um, and I think um, I, co- I understand that, but if you're looking who's normally paid less in the company, it's over the customer service. It's kind of interesting. These guys who are responsible for your customers... Have, it, have the less money than anybody else in the company normally. So how you can hire good people for customer service if you're paying so less money? Um, I think that's a good yeah, last point to, to mention. You definitely need to invest in customer service as well because it's, it's one of the biggest parts of CRM.
0: Probably something you should think about. Cool. Thank you so much for your answers, your time, your ideas. Uh, it was great to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you too. Crossengage Engage Podcast.